Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I get to head out to Ontario, to Stratford, Ontario, and I get to interview one of our shifters. Uh, she's in our uh, the Vitality Engine. She's in our Shift Mastermind this year. Um, they got like we had to adapt on that one because of the because of the world falling apart. But she's had some amazing growth, um, and uh, she's a graduate of CMCC from 2005. And uh, she's just crushing it in practice. So she's like busting records at LD Gang Gang. And so I thought we better share some of her amazingness with our listeners. So I want to uh, welcome uh, Dr. Pip Penrose to the podcast. Welcome. Don, I'm excited. This is awesome. This is good. We wanted to get you on. But uh, as we'll probably get into your story, you're just opening up a brand new practice and, uh, and uh, you're kind of, uh, it was kind of hard to get you in with all the craziness. So now you're kind of in the groove. So now we can get, get yeah. some conversations going. So this is good. So um, like I like to do with all my guests is, is let's just start off with your origin story and, and, and how did you start into chiropractic? And then we'll talk about all your, your awesomeness later on in the show. <laughs> well, um, my origin story is actually that I was uh, really sick with mono. And then I got it again after a, a ballet exam, a physics exam, and a vaccination. So a, lots of stress coming at me. I was sick with mono again. And so it was then that a friend from dance said, well, a chiropractor helped my little brother with ear infections. Maybe she can help you with your, your mono. <laughs> so now imagine my chiropractor, it's Dr. Susan Shaw, if anyone uh, knows her. And I would call up that I need a chiropractor because I have mono. <laughs> and so it was, that was the start. Um, originally, like many patients, I wondered if she'd gotten it yet. You know, have you gotten the mono yet? And so she then taught me about listening to my body, about life force. Um, I was in a car accident and she helped me with that. I was in, uh, I was a uh, competitive dancer. So she helped me with my dance and I would always book like the closest adjustment at the end of the week before a performance and an exam. And it just made a huge impact on how I did life. And actually in hindsight, I'm so grateful for because I still am full out and don't know how to listen to myself and rest enough. Um, and had I not had her at 18, who knows how fast I would have burned myself out completely. So that's where I, that's how I got to here. That's and so you were eighteen years old. Is that when you yeah. first went to her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so from the time that you started under care till the, the the time you decided, do you remember when you decided that you wanted to be a chiropractor? Pretty quick, because I was like, I. So she was my dance studio was an hour away from home, so she was an hour away from home, and I was bringing friends from home to come. Like it was like field trips to the chiropractor. <laughs> you got to come see this; it's the coolest thing. Then I got mom who had migraines and dad who was getting chronic headaches in to get adjusted, and um, it was fairly quickly because I had thought about being a dance teacher. I had thought about being a physiotherapist. I knew I needed to work with the body, and it was just such a perfect fit because it had made such an impact on me and it changed and worked 
wonders and made an impact for me in so many different ways and different aspects of life. So health, performance, recovery, everything. So I, I was 18 when I decided. And so I don't remember exactly when, but it was quick. It was, it was the coolest thing I'd ever experience. <laughs> that sounds like me when I first went, I think I referred in about 20 people in the first year. And then my chiropractor was like, you know, you should be a chiropractor. And I was like, yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking like, why isn't everyone doing this? Right. I just loved it. So yeah, my, my chiropractor, I always remember I went in and I said, I can't believe people don't believe in chiropractic. And then he got really <laughs> upset and he said, chiropractic is like gravity. You could walk off this building and say, I don't believe in gravity and you're still going to fall. Like he was like very serious about it at the time. But <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. So, um, so uh, first of all, what made you decide to go to chiropractic? Or sorry, what school did you decide and how did that choice come in? Um, so I had done kinesiology in... Um, London, Ontario, so four hours from home. And I, I knew I didn't want to go too much further. I really liked being able to get home. Mm-hmm. Um, we did uh, consider Trois-Rivières because I do speak French and we had a cottage in Quebec, so we were going to try to get through that. But I, I really didn't. I looked at the other schools. I had a friend um, who was in school at Life, um, but I, Toronto just made sense to me. And um, Dr. Susha, my chiropractor, did say... Uh, just a heads up, it's not going to give you the full picture. Um, but I was really, really lucky to be surrounded by amazing docs and who let me come observe them and who uh, took me to seminars. And I was at so many different seminars. I saw Jim Sigafoos speak before I went to school. That was not a winner in my CMCC interview. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, <laughs> yeah, so I really didn't. I, I really didn't give other schools a lot of consideration. Right. I just knew that I could this was a better fit for me and I could overcome whatever else I needed to learn to come out the way I wanted to. Mm, that's cool. And so you start at CMCC and, um, and tell me a little bit about your experience there. I loved it. I knew I was in my element um, surrounded by some of the most amazing people. Um, I remember vaguely early on being like, oh, how come my chiropractor is not doing massage before the adjustments? Maybe we should be doing that too. Like I still luckily had the vitalistic idea, but I'm so questioned. Um, Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Honestly, like I did so many weekend seminars and had so many amazing people around me and loved so many of the students that we were with, just such passionate people. It was a great time. I was sure I had failed second year. I'll never forget crying and thinking, there's no way I passed. Um, I remember one of our teachers saying, you're fine. And I was like, how do you know? Um, but so it was hard, but it was just, it was amazing. It was awesome. Um, I don't regret any of it. it. Even going to CMCC, which is not, I mean, it got me my license. So yeah, well, I'm gonna say it's, it's kind of like the foundation of a house, right? You just need you need you need that foundation, and and I don't think anybody is done in. Well, hopefully they're not done learning after school because <laughs> that's usually just the beginning part, right? Just yes. to get through get through that, get through your board exams, and then the learning starts, right? Yes, absolutely. So um, you graduate in 2005, and yeah. uh, and the, what what did you do right after school? So I graduated in 2005 and I went with and worked with Sue and Barry. Um, at the time, Barry felt like a really big city. I was commuting from Penetang where I, I grew up and it just didn't, um, just didn't feel right. So then I came and joined friends here in Stratford 
and worked with them for 14 years um, because I had um, this idea that I had to be an IC and that that was the only way that I'd be able to balance family and and practice. And I knew I really wanted a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in hindsight, I didn't have the confidence to do it on my own um, for many reasons. I'm sure we'll get into in a moment, but I, I wasn't ready to do it on my own. So, um, so then, so I came here and then, um, yeah, and now I'm in my own. That, and we'll get into that too, because it's, it's, um, I think it's a really cool story because, um, you know, there's probably listeners out here that maybe they, they are independent contractor and they've been like that for a long time or someone who just wants to open their practice or even if someone say they wants to move or something and they kind of feel it's, it's about that comfort zone, right? Where you get stuck in that comfort zone and you're like deep down inside, you have a burning desire to do something a little bit different, but then the, the fear like overruns you to, to prevent you from doing that. So, um, so that's, that's really cool. So I just wanted to go over um, a little bit about um, in practice um, throughout your career, were you, were you, did you just come out still really quite vitalistic like at the very beginning yeah. or was there an evolution of that or did you stay pretty, pretty sturdy through that all the way through? All the way through. Now, I mean, I got better at the vitalistic. Yeah. Um, I remember coming out and when I first got out monthly seemed like vitalistic Prevention and wellness seemed vitalistic, and that would have been like more monthly-ish. Um, yeah. But adjustments were always primary. Um, it, I really started looking uh, maybe five or six years ago for more functional tests that would give me some of that more vitalistic feedback as opposed to doing orthopedic tests. I was really searching for a way to do that vitality better. Yeah. And measure it better. Um, I actually came out, I did uh, HRV with heart math and I ordered that and had that in my first practice, even though no one else was doing it. Um, so I've always had that attraction to that. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, I was always vitalistic. I've just gotten better at it. Yeah. So you're just kind of refining your skills, right? Yeah. And then, and yeah. then how long ago was it that you started doing the vitality shift? Uh, 2017, I think. So what, three years? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, I think I did it. I did think I did the shift right when you guys opened it. Because yeah. I was watching you guys talking about it. So I think that's when I was like, we need to do this. We need to do this. So we were in that like September-ish, that fall, 2017, I think. Cool. And then I joined the engine in July, 2019. And that was when things started to really shift. That was a huge game changer for me. Well, and just just maybe um, mention this as an independent contractor because, like, we've talked to chiropractors over the world, and and um, and like you are probably one of the the highest volume independent contractors we've we've kind of we've seen. And so, tell me a little bit about that because, like, sometimes um, you know, if you're in a big uh, in a big practice and there's lots of different people and they, everyone has lots of different ideas, uh, we hear this as an excuse on why they can't implement certain things. Because some people say, "Well, I can't implement it because everybody everybody has to do things at the same time." Um, how did you do things where you, if you're an independent contractor, and then you tried to like maybe add some extra procedures in, um, just without everyone else doing it, kind of thing? Yeah. So we uh, started it as a group, but uh, it didn't. We didn't really do it as a group. I for sure um, am one of the ones who dove in and went all in as much as I could. Um, I certainly adopted the personality stuff, even if we weren't discussing it with the front desk as they came in. I took that on and gosh, that helped me so much. I suddenly figured out why all the ants drove me crazy and they no longer drove me crazy because I understood them better. I then understood 
um, the, the, the wolves that were so intimidating and I was so scared of them. And I, and I started to understand how I needed to take care of them differently and how I could be a bit more direct with them. And then the dolphins that always got me behind, I could spot them further away. And I mean, I'm, I'm a lab dolphin, so we still had more fun and it was great. And then those, those labs, I, um, that was a bit more intuitive because I am one, but, um, so I just adopted that personality stuff into my own procedures, even with nobody else doing it, whether I called them that or not, that's, I started to use those tools and the testing I did in the back. Um, I just started skipping over any, uh, orthopedic testing that no longer seemed necessary and started practicing with those vitality tests, um, almost right away. Um, the languaging, the communication, the agreements, that was a game changer again for me, having those agreements. And that's still something that I focus on all the time because it, it totally freed me up to care for them. We had an agreement. If that changed, then we could have a new agreement. We could change that agreement, but we always had an agreement. So there wasn't stress about, Oh gosh, Don's coming in today. Is he going to want to, it, like, it, it, it took away all that stress. So the ease immediately went up even with nothing around me changing. Well, let's, let's talk so I about did that. a bunch let, of it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about like in, in that lab personality style. And so that for people who aren't listening, we got the lab, which is the amiable, the dolphin, which is the party animal, the ant that's analytical, and then the scary wolf, which is the driver. Um, yeah. But um, tell me a little bit about what you felt like before as, as being kind of a lab when you would experience a different personality without knowing the different, like just not even thinking about it, just kind of seeing them the same. Um, so for me, the ants, Oh God, they were exhausting. I'm, I'm, I have no weight in me. Um, and I even knew that in school, I was big picture thinking. I felt with my body. I understood the larger concept. The details didn't matter to me. I could look them up, but they, they muddied my brain. And so when people started giving me detail questions, uh, a, I was worried that I wouldn't give them enough details, but I also was like, come on, let's just get to the good stuff. Like this is, it doesn't matter. And then I had, then it helped because then I realized it does matter to them. Yes. Um, and, and so, and, and it would give them the confidence and give them the ease if I gave them the details. Um, and so it was no longer about me being frustrated. It was about me then being able to give them what they needed so we could be on the same page and, and have that agreement. So it just, it took me out of like, ah, frustration to that. Um, the wolves who I, I would have an amazing heartfelt report for them and here's how we can help and it's going to be amazing and I really feel like you're going to benefit. They didn't want all of that. They just needed to know what are we going to do? How's it going to help? And how do we get through this? Cause I got stuff to do. They didn't want all of my warm fuzziness and I can still give them my heart and I can still pour a ton into them, but I better not keep them there extra. Just telling them how awesome it's going to be. <laughs> and so I, so again, then they became less intimidating because I understood that I just needed to um, be more direct with them and, and use that my own inner wisdom that I know that this is going to be good for you moving on. Let's get going um, and not spend too much time on them. And, and then again, once again, it became less about me. So it was so much easier. Mm-hmm. That's and awesome. then dolphins, I just learned to enjoy them, but faster. 
<laughs> I enjoy them faster. That's hilarious. Those are the ones that always get you caught. You got to be here. There's certain loops that oh. we don't, there's certain, certain loops that we don't want to open uh, because like, you know how they say like ask open-ended questions um, to get more information. And that is good when you're doing the life history, but sometimes you don't need to be opening up some <laughs> open-ended questions. Yeah. <laughs> I also learned the line with my dolphins and I'll say, oh my gosh, you and I could talk here all day long. I feel like we should just be having coffee right now. So we've gotten lots of information. Now let's get to this. And so I acknowledge that we could both spend all day here and move it on. And that seems they're all, they usually go, oh my gosh, yeah, exactly. And we move on. And so I kind of just take out the elephant in the room that we're both having too much fun and move it on. And, and that just that kind of wording has helped so much. Well, cool. Yeah. And, and, and I, uh, I was wondering if you also could tell me maybe a, a, a time in your life that you might've got like overwhelmed. Cause we always talk about a lot of chiropractors are stressed out or they feel like they're burnt out. Um, and maybe you could give, give you a little example of when that's happened in, in your life and, and kind of what you did to kind of overcome that. So I get overwhelmed when I want to take on a million different projects and do a million different things for a million different people. I'll never forget early on, I had a friend whose daughter uh, hadn't had chicken pox and I had another friend whose son had chicken pox. So I took the one friend's daughter over to the other friend and I was like making it all work, canceled plans so I could make it work because she wanted it to happen and she was a single mom and she was, she had to go to work. So I just dropped it. I hadn't like, did I really need to? And I remember it being a really stressful time. And that was one of the first times I was kind of like, I probably didn't have to do that. That was probably not something that I had to prioritize over anyone else. Um, and that is still a slow lesson for me. I think I get overwhelmed when I continue to do that. And so I think it was uh, the summer of 2019 that I actually started to get better. Uh, it was easier to regroup before being a mom and now I'm a mom and I'm definitely, as Jason calls me, the CEO of our house, of our emotions, of the kids cuddle time. Uh, and so it was really doing the engine and then getting a little nudge from him. And the things that I do now are trying to get up earlier and enjoy my coffee in quiet journaling, meditating, carving out time, whether it's a run or a walk. Sometimes I need to run. Sometimes I need to walk at different days, different times in my life. Um, so that time for me for quiet has been one of the biggest game changers because then I enter my day in a totally different state um, and far more easy or far more able to prioritize what needs to be done, what needs to be done now or what I can delegate or let go. Um, so that the quiet for me has been the biggest piece. It's so funny because we, we find that, that, that in in, chiro, in the chiropractic land, there's usually two kind of main main challenges that chiropractors will have. And one is kind of their certainty around chiropractic. And it's funny because you you, you never really had a wavering certainty about chiropractic because that was always solid for you. Um, and then so most chiropractors, we work on that and that's why we do the shift and that gets better. And then yeah. it always goes over to uh, your personal development <laughs> because who you are is how you show up everywhere. Right. And that, and that's, that's, uh, that's something that we always have to go. That's why we love going deep into that. Cause that's kind of, once you get the nuts and bolts over here, then it's like, okay, let's dig into, uh, into the, the, the psyche of the person. Right. And, uh, so let's, change. let's take it to, um, 
you you joined the Shift Rewire this year, and it's been quite a funny year because we started <laughs> off with our first event. So it was going to be first of three events, and then all the stuff we're going to do in between time in March in Vancouver. And um, and tell me a little bit about your experience there, and then we'll just go over some of the the really cool kind of insights and the learnings that you've had so far this year. Uh, so I'm going to take it back for just an extra second because I called you guys in December when you were taking applications for the program. And I was like, I want to start my own practice, but I don't know if that's a big enough deal to join the master class for. And you guys were like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you can. Um, and so I, I joined and we started working on, with me, we started working on boundaries and me being able to see clearly what was in my um, realm of control, which what, what wasn't, what I could and couldn't take care of or needed to and need, didn't need to take care of, um, how I could prioritize um, who I was and what I wanted. And then that just continued in March when we met as the world shut down around us. Um, and we talked about um, different personalities. And I had always been Sunshine Sally. It was the name my mom often joked. And I'm, there's still parts of me that are sunshine and Sally, I can always find this, the, the positive. I pretty much always have a smile on my face. Um, wake up ready to rock in the morning. There's very little downtime between me going and being full of optimism and sleep. And so, so it fits, but it was really out of balance. And so the avatar that I came up with was powerful Pip where I could stand in my own power and I could make decisions that served me and allowed me to be at my best and and give all that light and optimism to everyone, but from a much more balanced position where I could lead and lead myself first. Yeah, and just, and just for awesome. the listeners, um, we, what we do is basically do like an identity exercise because we kind of like, we, we, we kind of can have the identity is kind of the base that everything that we build off of. And, uh, and so sometimes we kind of just default into an identity that we, that we think, and we'll talk about beliefs in a second, but it's kind of like, because one of the strongest pull in the world is for you to, to confirm who you think you are. And the problem is most people have not actually written down and thought who they are. And then when you write it down on paper, you'll be like, and is that serving you? And you'd be like, uh, maybe not. And then what, what, right. what, what, what identity could help serve you. And then if you create it like avatars, it's kind of like uh, Joe Dispenza's work is if you can kind of become the quantum observer and you step outside yourself, um, it's a little bit easier to, uh, to, be, to, to change things because it doesn't feel like you're in it because it, it, you can step into either identity. And, and most people will realize this too in life. There's certain areas of their life that say it's a really high value. You, you could maybe be, you'd be a lot naturally more powerful in that identity but then other areas that maybe doesn't feel like it's your um it's your top value or you're not used to it you kind of maybe use a weaker identity and uh mm-hmm. and so you've created your two identities so just tell say what your identities were again and then and then maybe say like how you started how you, how you use those to kind of get through difficult situations so sunshine sally is uh people pleasing always okay always always ready to drop whatever I can to do anything for anyone else. Totally out of balance. Um, but everybody loves her always. Um, and that is the only thing she lives for. And I cannot, as sometimes I disappoint anyone that is, that is excruciating. 
um, the, the idea of disappointing anyone. It's okay to disappoint myself, but oh, yeah, never sure. anyone else. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but everybody loves her. Um, and so that's Sunshine Sally. And then the, um, who I wanted to step into being was powerful pip that could make decisions, might disappoint others, but will not disappoint herself as much. Um, could stand in my own light, willing to be seen for all my faults and strengths, um, willing to make decisions, do hard things, and find my awesome. Mm, that's all. And, and 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 at the beginning, um, tell tell about the transition. Like once you did that, um, was there times like where you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm slipping. Like how, how did oh you? Of, did, did that help you increase your awareness of when you're yes. sliding into those? Yes. Increased awareness, but not always able to fix it in the moment, but at least awareness. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, I still, we, I guess we all stuck moments of oh, yeah. not always being our best, most balanced, most powerful person. Um, yeah. And as, certainly as I made decisions to, uh, about the practice, about what I wanted in the practice, even decisions like fee structure, Sunshine Sally wants everybody to love how I set it up and wants everybody to be happy with it. Powerful Pip goes, nope, this is what's going to create ease for our office, for the desk, for most patients. And we'll figure it out if it doesn't for an individual, but this is what's going to work and this is this this feels right and go with it. And so even little decisions about... Um, about the office, about how I wanted it to flow, how even balancing family, mm-hmm. because my kids are five and seven and my husband's super supportive of this process, but it still meant me saying, I won't be home tonight and I, and I won't be home in time for dinner and bed because I have stuff to do and being completely okay with that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had to check in to the powerful personality or, or version of myself and know that I was standing in my light and doing a great thing. And this is what I wanted. And it was worth missing a few dinners, mm-hmm. not all of them and not forever, but right. Missing well, it's like just delaying gratification. Cause you know that even though it's going to kind of suck in the moment, like it's going to be a lot better down the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we also, uh, to framed it for our family too, is this is just going to show the kids that we can do hard things. Mommy can be a little bit more absent, a little, well, a lot more distracted for a while, and then we can come back to balance and that that's all okay. And that's part of the journey and we can support each other on that. Um, but that's totally a powerful pip, uh, position and move and ability. Sometimes Sally would have crumbled. Mm. Yeah. Now we talked a little bit about the, uh, before you said uh, about when we before we went live is the big, another big game changer was uh, beliefs. Yeah. So maybe you could share a little bit about kind of like uh, about that process and maybe one of the beliefs that you kind of worked on rejigging. <laughs> so this was really early in the engine. I already had an inkling that I was going to need to go out on my own, and um, it was starting to kind of bubble up in me. But I was talking myself out of it consistently, regularly, every opportunity, exactly what you said, reconfirming who I was. Um, I couldn't serve my patients better. I couldn't be a better mom. I couldn't make more money. I couldn't, whatever it was on my own compared to being in a group practice. I wouldn't have more availability for everyone I care for. I wouldn't blah, 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 blah. And I would, there would be holidays come up and people would be able to get in and be like, see, better for everybody. 
And so um, I was in that state of really figuring out what I wanted to do and talking myself out of it and convincing myself to stay where I was at. And then you guys had us do a beliefs exercise in the engine. And I, I believe it was like maybe September. It was like maybe my first engine call. And I don't remember it specifically, but I think there's like six or seven questions. And it's, what's your belief? Um, where did it come from? Um, what supports that belief? Uh, what things would prove that it's wrong? Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. It was like, is there any t- instance that this is yeah. incorrect? Yeah. 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 And so I did that one. And my belief was that the only way that I could be a chiropractor and a mom the way I wanted to was to be an independent contractor. And that belief came from two things. Number one, uh, my amazing mentor, Dr. John Whitney, sat me down one time and he said, you know, Pip, I missed it on my kids a lot. If you really want to be a mom, consider becoming an independent contractor and then you have more time. And so I downloaded that as the only way I could do it. Mm-hmm. Then, um, or actually prior to that, I had worked in, in an amazing chiropractor's office. I did a, a lot of um, being a CA while I was going through school for practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a baby and this is after I left, but she told me this story um, and she had a baby. And then shortly thereafter, found that her staff was stealing from her. So she nursed her baby at her front desk while working her front desk while a locum covered her patients. And I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and so those two experiences combined for me to have the belief that the only way that I could mom the way I want to mom was to be an independent contractor so that I had more freedom. And despite hundreds of amazing mama chiropractors to, that showed me that was different. That, that was not, that it was not a possibility for me. And that exercise, I literally did that exercise took me maybe five minutes and I was bawling. Niagara Falls coming out of my eyes, bawling once I saw with such clarity that it was a belief, not a fact and a truth and the only way the universe could go for me. And it totally rocked me. And I realized I, I actually could do it differently. Didn't mean I had to, but I didn't have to be stuck in that belief. And that was a game changer, yes. total and complete game changer. What's well, funny because we've seen that with so many um, female chiropractors, um, not even not, not even just being an independent contractor, but some that think that they can't be a successful business owner and be a mom at the same time. Like it's, it's so interesting how um, we have these beliefs that are downloaded in our hard, hard drive and they just run automatic. And until you actually yeah. start asking some questions and then all of a sudden it's like the ha aha moment. And you're like, what do you mean? That's a lie. What do you mean? I've, I've been living by that right? rule for yes. like my whole life. <laughs> totally. Wow. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So that, it, that, that was, was a great one. That was a good one. And, and, and like, do you still like kind of the, the realization is a big thing, but do you ever, um, did you ever have to kind of re remind yourself that, uh, like as, as things went? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I still didn't firm up the decision to go it on my own immediately, but I understood where the decision to be an independent contractor for longer had come from. Um, but there are still times in my momming journey that I will still remember that the that I don't have to be there and always completely um, available to be a great mom. Mm-hmm. That that there can be some lessons in independence. There can be some lessons in in not being there for them. 
Um, so I, I sometimes do have to go back and remind myself that that's not the only way to, to be connected and to teach my kids things and to be there for them. So, um, yeah, I, I do have to remind myself, but not as much that like that moment was a huge shift and I never shifted. It was like, it's like once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. Yeah. It's like, so I might need a little tweak. Yeah. Yeah, I might need a tweak, but I couldn't unsee it. I couldn't unlearn it. I couldn't unknow the truth. Okay. Now next thing I want to get into just is, um, you've been open now for how long in your new place? We just finished week five. Week five. Okay. So you've just, opened a brand new practice from, from basically just like putting up the doors from scratch and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, what kind of things did you learn? Uh, or I like to, if you zip back and if you could talk to yourself before you built your, this place, is there any advice that you'd give yourself that you didn't know that you didn't know? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> um, I, I'm so lucky to be surrounded by so many mentors. I knew it would be hard. I knew it would be tiring. I knew it would take a lot out of me. Um, I'm so glad I had invested before launching this. I took six months and spent more time on me than I ever had. Um, I am so glad I had the masterclass to be a sounding board, to be a support, to be, um, both cheerleaders and truth tellers. Um, I, I, I really feel like I was really well prepared because I had done so much work beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, well, the only thing I would say is what I didn't know before. Um, but again, you guys got this into me was who I was going to be. I had to set up before I stepped in here. I couldn't create the space and then think that I would all of a sudden be ready. I had to be ready and the space flowed out of that. I think that that would probably be my biggest takeaway. The thing I didn't know a year ago, the thing that was probably the most important to the whole process was I had to be who I was planning to be in here before I showed up on my first day. And it was really cool because when I walked in and as this place developed, I could feel my two worlds coming together, that who I was and the space that I was creating for me and for the patients that I wanted to care for that way was all just coming together and felt so whole and so complete. And I remember saying to you guys, I want to create a space with light and ease. And you were like, yeah, okay, great. But we can't coach you to light and ease. Give us some numbers, give us some data. And I can get that stuff and I can do that stuff, but it's not exciting. And, and like sometime in September, as this place was coming together, I remember sending a picture and being "Ah, light and ease. It's great. Um, so I think, but I think that the piece, the biggest piece is that personality and the, the who I was being when I'm here and when as I plan to be here. And, and you're, yeah. you're, you're on track to have your busiest week ever, right? Or did, uh-huh. did you just recently or, or was that? Um, well, every, every week. <laughs> every week's been um, the busiest week. <laughs> yeah. So I beat my best month ever in practice by f- over 50, uh, no, yeah, by over 15% last wow. month wow. Uh, in my first month. And, and I did it with, the, it wasn't easy, but there was no. so much ease and it felt light and awesome. And then uh, next month, or sorry, next week, we have the busiest week I've ever had, like the most packed and 
even I had been doing the engine and doing all the things, even though, like we said, I was sort of doing most of it in, in just with the patient as opposed to the whole office. Um, and I had, I, I had my busiest week ever a week we had it out to Vancouver and the world crashed around us. Like that was my busiest week ever. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm beating that. So (laughs) it like, uh, yeah. And it's been awesome. And people keep calling and we're booking out to December 21st now for a new patient. So um, it's just been crazy. I keep, I keep shaking my head and going, what? It's just been awesome. Well, we're proud of you because you know, it's been, it's been a a long, long journey. And so, and you worked hard at it. So, and and, and again, I think internally you wanted to do it. Like your soul has wanted to do it for a really long time. And then, and then you finally, like kind of got to step into your brilliance, which is, which is pretty cool. So into closing, uh, um, Mm -hmm. I always like to ask, um, first I'm going to ask two questions. If you could fly back into time when you were like 18 years old or a little bit younger and you could give, and you could talk to your younger self, what kind of advice would you give your younger self? I would tell myself I'm smarter and stronger than I would ever give myself credit for and worthy of all the things that come from sharing that with the world. And, and that's, that's very good. Cause I think a lot of people <laughs> needed that when they're younger. Um, and then the last thing is, is, uh, what kind of words of inspiration would you like to leave all the people with who, uh, listen to this all around the world? Do the damn work. <laughs> uh, Suck it up, I buttercup. Have, <laughs> yeah, it has been, I think, uh, joining the engine, um, was a huge, and I always noticed anytime I was doing any intensive therapy, my practice would, would jump up. Um, but spending the time, like you say, I had the skills, I had the tools and stuff, spending the time on me, investing that time and energy in growing and developing who I am, um, was totally worth it. Uh, it wasn't always easy. Um, but it was always awesome. And, uh, I'm super proud of where I am now. So I would love to see so many more people do that and spend the time working through all the hard things. Even that we had a call uh, three weeks ago uh, in the masterclass and they, we had, we, you know, we could choose to deal with a couple different things, but I did not want to deal with the one hard thing that had come up for me and had to. And, um, but it was, it ended up being so much easier than I would ever have imagined once I sort of faced it head on. And I just, I would wish for that for everyone to take on some of those challenges internally and focus inward and just let your light shine. People are more beautiful than we ever think we are. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for taking the time out to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad we made it happen after all your busyness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> me too and um and so all the listeners out there um i hope you got some inspiration to step into whatever your um passion or whatever your purpose is because um it is a lot of work and it and it takes a lot of effort um but uh, if you just you, you can just see the smile on pip's face like it's just when <laughs> once you do the work and then you're like yeah i'm actually doing I'm, I'm actually where i'd really love to be i'm actually doing what i'd really love to do the uh the fulfillment from that is amazing so we, we, we all hope that for all of you. So uh, until next time, shift on. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out. Thank you.